0: Welcome to Careers of the Future, a show where students can learn how to best prepare themselves for the future of work. Each episode features an interview with an Ismaili at the leading edge of their field and is available in a podcast format and on The Ismaili TV. Hi everyone,
1: Yalu and welcome to Careers of the Future, where students like you and I get to learn from smileys. Who are at top of their fields. My name is Azima Tanji. I'm a recent business graduate and the CEO co-founder of Connect Here, a social startup working for deaf community in Pakistan. I'm honored to be your host for today's segment where we will be exploring the future of business and technology with a very special guest, Ms. Natasha Walji, who's a director at Google. She leads the tech, telecom and public sector business for Canada. Prior to Google, she was a consultant at McKinsey and a software developer. Natasha has actively served the community for the last 20 years in the area of disaster relief, poverty alleviation, and founded an organization for children with disabilities. She holds an MBA from Yale University and an MST in sustainability leadership from Cambridge University. She is also an angel investor. Natasha has been recognized as one of Canada's top 100 most powerful women by WXN. Isn't this all just brilliant? Hi Natasha, thank you so much for taking our time today.
0: Thank you so much Azima, for having me.
1: I hope everyone has a notepad and a pen to take notes because I'm sure we all could greatly benefit from listening to Natasha today. So first up Natasha, I'm very interested to know what has inspired your career and made you the person you are today
0: for sure so the person that inspired my career is definitely my mom Uh, she raised my sister and i as a single parent and worked tirelessly to offer and provide us a great quality of life and from her i learned the importance of great values of integrity of work ethic and also a connection to faith and i really admire my mom because at the age of 43 she went back to school. And so that was her first year of college. That happened to be my first year of university. And so she went on to do her bachelor's degree, her master's degree and became a psychotherapist. And so she's helped almost a thousand families, speaks six languages. And I always say that if I could be half the person my mom is, I will have lived a good life. And she's definitely inspired me. Uh, My dad also really encouraged me as well to get into understanding the intersection of business and technology and really encouraged me to think big. And, you know, the quote that comes to mind when I think about my parents, also my grandparents and great grandparents is the quote by Isaac Newton, which is, if you've seen further, it's by standing on the shoulders of giants. And I'm a big believer that all of us are so fortunate today because we stand on the shoulders of giants, our parents, our grandparents, our great grandparents who made enormous sacrifices for us to have the quality of life that we have today and for us to achieve our best, best life and to achieve our highest potential and just really you know, grateful for that. And that really inspires everything that I do.
1: I think that's a beautiful answer. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Natasha. Now, I also believe that what fuels a successful career is a strong sense of why. So I really want to know, what was your why?
0: Thank you for asking that question. I think it's so important because why is the essence of everything. And you know, I was very fortunate to discover my why at a very young age when I was about 16 or 17 years old. I ended up meeting a Mukisai Zair Shivji in my Jamaat khana and he really took an interest in me. And he would ask me what I was doing with my life and I confided in him and said, look, I'm really struggling in math and I couldn't afford a math tutor and as luck would have it, he was a professor in math, so he actually would tutor me for free and took uh, put a lot of time and energy into making sure that I understood uh, math well. And I was really fortunate that he was able to convert me from a struggling student to an A student. And also he encouraged me to study computer science when it wasn't even on my radar. But I think the most profound thing that Mugisab Shivji did for me was he helped me uncover my why. And so I do remember one day I was sitting with him and he said to me, I want you to think about how you're going to use your education and knowledge to serve others. So I want you to think about how you're going to use your education and knowledge to serve others and for me that was such a profound moment because I was very young and it gave me the sense of why it was so important to work hard and to make a difference and I, I love the quote by Mark Twain which is the two most important days of your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why and that was my why. That fueled every major life decision I've made, every major career decision I've made I've thought about what would give me a bigger platform to serve others and make a contribution to the world. Um, so that's that's a bit about what, my why.
1: That is amazing. I always feel that at times we don't even realize but there are people in lo- in our lives who create such a huge impact and make us the people who we are today. And uh, I'm so glad that you had Mukhi as that person in your life. And Natasha, now that brings me to my next question, something related to your career journey. So, if you look at it, you know, we all heard your bio, you worked in different fields. So, you started off as a technical software developer, and then you became a strategy consultant, and now you hold an executive position at Google. How did that journey go about? How did that happen? What do you
0: feel about changing so many roles and wearing so many different hats? Yeah, so as you can see, I've I've changed uh, career paths many times. And of course it had its challenges, but I've certainly learned so much along the way. And I thought, uh, rather than walk you through it all, you know, sequentially, I thought it'd be interesting to just share some of the insights I learned along the way. And so the first insight I learned is really about knowing your why. And that's what I touched on earlier what fuels you, what motivates you, because that can be a really powerful force in anyone's career. The second thing I'd say is it's so important to have learning agility. So very early on, I learned how to learn and learned what made it easier for me to learn. And I just wanna encourage each of you to think about that. And this is really important because the job I actually have today didn't really exist when I was an undergrad. And that will be the same for all of you. So it's gonna be super important that you learn how to learn. The third thing is that it's very important to be focused on meritocracy and impact, tangible, quantifiable impact. And in every role I've had, I've made that a singular, an important focus, not the singular focus, but a very important focus because outcomes are important for building your track record of performance. I'd say the next thing that I learned is that as you build your portfolio of experiences, that allows you to be better at pattern recognition. And this is really important for complex problem solving and thinking about you know, solving things at scale. And so for each of you, I would just want you to think about how you accumulate your experiences over time that allow you to you know, see patterns and things that allow you to solve you know, complex problems at scale, which is what we're gonna need uh, for, for the world. And the last piece, which is probably one of the most important, is how important values and ethics are. You know values and ethics are the currency by which we do business and it turns out you know at google we get three million applications a year iq is actually a dime a dozen there are you know there's so much access to information so much access to education these days that it's not actually hard to learn things right you can everyone can learn things but I, what i think is important is to operate with a strong sense of values and that includes operating with a high degree of integrity being kind, being generous, operating with empathy, being a good team player, all of those things have a marked impact on one's career path and your ability to excel in the roles that you're in.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we see someone so successful, but at times we don't realize that they've been through so many stages and so many interviews, like you mentioned, to reach at the position which they are on at the moment. So that's really, really inspiring, Natasha. And, you know, you talked about Google, so I'm very interested to know your current roles, responsibilities, or even projects that you're working on at Google.
0: So I'm on the sales side at Google and my role is to work with large customers in the telecom tech and public sector industry and help them drive results and digitally transform their business through marketing using Google products. And I'd say the most inspiring part of my role is actually working in the public sector uh, because we really work with the government in communicating with citizens to improve their quality of life. And as you can imagine, communicating with citizens has been super important during the COVID response effort. So it's been a very busy, but also a very rewarding year uh, during the pandemic working in the public sector.
1: That's, that's wonderful. And Natasha,
0: I'm sure that, you know, maybe you
1: planned everything ahead and had this career path in your head. So if you can talk a bit about uh, how did you do that long-term planning or things
0: that the youth can do and start right away? For sure, so I'm a huge believer in long-term planning. I've been doing long-term planning since I was about 17 years old. I actually found my old, you know, goal-setting book from when I was 17 the other day and there's a couple of things I wanted to share with all of you. Number one, writing down your goals is super important. Um, you know, there's a very interesting note on this, which is if you write down your goals, you're actually 40% more likely to achieve them. And there's also a neurological impact of actually writing them down physically. So I want you all to think about that as I know, Many of us use technology to write down goals, but actually physically writing them down can be a very powerful tool for actually achieving your goals and driving intention in your life. The second thing that I've had from a very young age, since I was about 19 years old, is a rolling five-year plan, where I've always kind of set out long-term goals, five, five-year 5 goals or so, and thought about how I would go about achieving those goals. And that helped me sort of sequence things in my life, uh, including you know fitting in a sec- second master's degree while working, uh, Etc. To make sure that I'm balancing life and work thoughtfully, and also thinking through my career in a, in a thoughtful, thoughtful sequenced way. And then the last piece I'd share is that I've also been very big into vision boarding, and so I've been doing a vision board uh, since I was in my 20s. And what I'll share is that obviously, uh, as you plan, not everything turns out as you hope, um, but it's still still a very powerful tool for you know setting goals, achieving things in life. And getting the most out of life and so I love vision boarding because it allows you to do more thoughtful planning for life and career so that would be my other insight for all of you is as you do long-term planning I would I would think about both i.e the type of career and life that you want to have and try and set your horizon long term so that you can build your career in such a way that you are well positioned to achieve this over the long term and this is really important because. The average career is about 40 years many of you are starting your career and that's a long time but it's also very important that you think about what you want to do and the type of life that you want to lead so that you can enjoy the journey and i think that's a very important aspect of long-term planning so that is very interesting Natasha you know and i'd also like to know
1: how did the long-term planning became your north star
0: Yeah, so long-term planning became my North Star because it became sort of a clear guide around big goals in my life that could help drive my decision-making. And that North Star is really important because life gets busy and distracting. And without having a clear sense of life goals that are long-term, we can often make decisions that may not be aligned with where we want to go long-term. And so I'll share a very simple example. So one of my life goals as a mom is to Help my daughter achieve her highest potential and she's five years old so this is very important to me and so you know about 18 months ago michelle obama came to toronto i really wanted to go to the show but none of my clients were available so that evening i was planning on having dinner with my daughter and about an hour and a half before the show i had a colleague reach out and say hey i've got an extra ticket would you like to join me and i promptly texted him back and said no i'm not available this evening because i was having dinner with my daughter and then He texted me again and said are you sure it's michelle obama are you sure you don't want to join and i said you know what i can't i'm not available this evening so i went home that night i opened the door and my daughter ran to me like she hadn't seen me forever she hugged me very tightly and she said mama i'm so happy you're home and in that moment i just knew that i was aligned with where i was supposed to be and that's what i mean about a north star and even though that was a very simple micro decision in my life it was very much connected to the macro big picture of if I want to help my daughter achieve her, whole, her full potential, I need to be there, I need to be present. And so while I obviously missed being at Michelle Obama, I was so happy to be home with my daughter and knew that was the place where I needed to be.
1: Thank you so much, Natasha, for sharing that beautiful example. I personally think that after listening to you, I would immediately start investing time into vision boarding and planning ahead. So thank you so much for that. So now let's talk more about the future of business and technology what do you see as important trends for the
0: future yeah so it's it's a very topical question so it's clear we're in the fourth industrial revolution and technology is transforming every single industry and how we live and work it's also accelerating at an unprecedented rate for example in the us we know that e-commerce adoption accelerated 10 years in three months and I want you to think about that for a minute. E-commerce adoption accelerated 10 years in three months. That means it took 10 years to get roughly 16% adoption of e-commerce and in three months at the onset of COVID that doubled in three months. So that gives you a sense of how things are looking. Now, as we look at key trends, there are really a few technology trends I wanted to talk about today. One is, are the advances in cloud computing and edge computing. And that allows us to think about data and storage and processing at an unprecedented scale. Secondly, connected and mobile devices are really going to make sure that we're able to connect many devices together, not just your mobile phone, which is a supercomputer now in our pocket, but health devices, cars, etc., that are really going to help us do very creative things uh, in the future. Of course, the internet and 5G technology is gonna allow us to imagine use cases for the future around robotics and healthcare because of the rapid speed available once 5G is fully deployed. And then you think about machine learning and artificial intelligence uh, being available widely. Those All of those factors combined, cloud computing, connected devices, including, including mobile connectivity and 5G and machine learning are collectively going to transform every industry, whether it's healthcare, manufacturing, social services, everything will be transformed. Um, And I think what's really important is we think about a current example here rather than philosophy and principles. And I think the best example of this is actually the vaccine development for COVID. So never in humanity's history would we ever imagine to have a vaccine live and ready roughly a year after the onset of COVID and so about a year ago the COVID the entire genome for COVID was published on the internet and that allowed sciences across the world to do rapid vaccine uh, discovery and trials and sharing of information that has allowed us to be in the spot that we are today also from an from the angle of manufacturing And so that's one example that's very relevant to all of us, but you can imagine there will be many, many others, given the trends that we're seeing in technology today. I think you're very, very right with that, Natasha. And also, if you could touch a
1: little upon this concept that's very big at the moment about stakeholder capitalism in the tech and business world, what does it mean and how is it impacting and shaping the businesses today?
0: Yes, I think this is such an interesting question because we're sort of fresh off the heels of Davos and it was one of the central topics there. And I feel like in the big picture context, COVID has been an amazing awakening for humanity in general. I think we've realized that we need to be kinder to each other and the planet. And I feel like as a student, you know, so much work around business has been focused on shareholder capitalism and capitalism is really evolving in this moment to be oriented to stakeholder capitalism. And the difference here is that in shareholder capitalism, there's a singular focus on shareholder value and profit. And in a stakeholder capitalism world, shareholder value and profit will still be important, but we also wanna think about and consider the impact on people, society, and the planet. And I, I want all of you to think about that as students, because this will be very important in the way you learn and the way you contribute to your industries and the way that we apply technology responsibly. All of that will be really important in the context of stakeholder capitalism.
1: Thank you, Natasha, for explaining this concept so well for all our listeners. Uh, now moving forward, what would you suggest are the skills of the future that the listeners, the students should start investing their time in? Both hard and
0: soft skills. So I'll talk about hard and soft skills separately. So from a hard skills perspective, I think there are sort of three things I'd love you to think about. One is complex problem solving. So very basic problem solving, a lot of that will be automated, but complex problem solving, which requires multiple inputs, collaboration with teams and people, uh, etc., will be a really important skill for the future. The second attribute I want you to think about in hard skills is around being technologically literate. For some of you, that will require going very deep and learning things like coding, hardware engineering, things like that. But for those of you that aren't going deep, I'd still love you to think about how technology can be applied to your industry or business, because that will give you competitive advantage and will allow you to think about how to scale what you're doing. And the last skill I think will be very important here for hard skills is critical thinking and analytical skills, because that will help inform decision making and help you discern between right and wrong and given all the information we have at our fingertips today this is going to be very important in the future now as we pivot to soft skills i think this is an area we don't talk about enough and so i'm going to share some very obvious soft skills that you will all be thinking about but one probably less obvious so the first thing i'd love you to think about is empathy because empathy is the root of emotional intelligence and allows us to bring humanity to everything that we do And I think about this uh, especially being important for those of you that are in more of left-brained oriented careers, more technical, more scientific careers because that's more left brain orientation and empathy falls into right brain orientation. And it's really important to bring those two things together because then we can think about the implication of what we're doing on people and hopefully the planet as well. The second soft skill I think is really important is learning agility and I touched on this earlier. And I love the quote by Jim Quick, which is, if knowledge is power, learning is a superpower. And so I'd love all of you to think about how you can develop your learning agility as a superpower, given that many of the roles that you will be in in future actually may not exist similar to what I'm doing today. The third thing is really about communication and interpersonal skills. So being able to work in teams. And the last soft skill, which may not be obvious or talked about enough, I believe is around mindfulness and self-compassion and mindfulness, I think is one of the most powerful weapons of our time. And that's because we live in a world of complete distraction. And I feel like all of us are in this treadmill of working in, uh, working in and around technology and being distracted by our phones. And the only way to actually have that moment of peace is to go within and to do and practice mindfulness and meditation. And there was an excellent uh, Harvard research study done many years ago with executives where they went through a mindfulness meditation course for multiple weeks. And what they did in this study is they actually scanned the brains of the executives before and after their meditation work. And what they found is that there was actually a change in gray matter in the brain for executives that had gone through the program and had meditated regularly. And this improved their decision-making, reduced impulsivity, improved empathy, and many of those attributes that are super important for making decisions and also living a very present and whole life. So that's what I would say from a hard and soft skill perspective. That that was an amazing answer, Natasha.
1: I realized that you talked about how you didn't know, or the job that you have today didn't exist while you were studying. But I would still like for you to mention some upcoming jobs that the students should prepare themselves for.
0: Yeah. So I think. One thing that I'd like to say here is that it's so important that you think about what you're passionate about, where you have talent, and where you can monetize that talent, first of all. And so I think for some of you, many of you may be in, let's say, STEM-related careers. And if I was thinking about STEM-related opportunities in science, technology, engineering, and math, there are many opportunities there for the future. And I think about roles in data science, roles that would look at, you know, robotics, uh, machine learning, artificial intelligence, and also cloud computing, connected devices. Those are all great areas to explore if you're into a STEM related uh, profession. And even if you're in a, let's say a tangential science like medical science, I'd really encourage you to think about minor in, com- in computer science if you can. Because you think about even things like drug discovery, uh, research, a lot of that can be amplified and scaled through computing science. So I really want you each to think about Uh, Thinking about computer science for each one of your um, professions that you might be in. Now if you're in a non-STEM related um, profession, I guess my number one insight is think about how technology can be applied to that profession and there are many many ways that you can get creative here, whether you're an architect, an artist, a musician, um, whether you're a psychologist, a lawyer, whatever that might be, technology can transform how you work and you operate and if you can understand the intersection of your industry with technology, that will give you a competitive edge in anything that you do. Absolutely,
1: and you know, building on to that, um, if I inquire for people like myself who started with a more business-oriented degree but now feel like the need of investing time into learning more about technology, or even vice versa, people who start with a technical degree but now want to invest time into learning more about the business side, What would be your suggestion for them as per how to diversify your career path and take chances with it?
0: For sure, so I think for each of you, many of you are early on in your career. I think you should build a repertoire of skills and experiences that allow you to figure out what you're good at, what you enjoy, and what you can monetize. And as you can see, I moved around a lot. And if you think about the intersection of business and technology, it's a very powerful combination to understand both. So if you are a business undergraduate student, I highly recommend you gain experiences and skills that help you understand how technology can be applied to business. If you are a, call it technology undergraduate student, I highly recommend you think about developing business skills and experiences that allow you to figure out how to commercialize technology because both would be very, very valuable. Even if you become a deep specialist in business, it is incredibly valuable to understand technology, be able to articulate that and understand how you could leverage that for your business, whether it's driving you know, products to market or efficiency or whatever that might be. And similarly, in a technical competency, it's very helpful to be able to understand how to commercialize your product, understand how to speak with the business, so that you can build bridges and hopefully also drive more scale and results and impact from the product or service you might be developing from a technical standpoint.
1: Thank you, Natasha. That was truly helpful. Um now, a more personal question that sort of you know I, I feel like you would have a great insight to. One thing that I've noticed is that there aren't enough women in the tech ecosystem. What would you like to say to young girls watching this interview who are considering a STEM or tech related career?
0: So what I would say to young women that are considering a STEM or tech related career is, go for it. We absolutely need more women in the industry. And when you think about where technology is going and the advances of computing and artificial intelligence, you know, diversity and inclusion needs to be at the heart of how technology is developed. And in order to create technology that is more equitable and inclusive uh, of everyone, we need representation. And that includes women at the table because women are effectively 50% of the world. But unfortunately today, we don't have the tech industry or STEM related careers where 50% of the uh, you know of of those in the profession are women and so please keep going don't give up um, because you will have a huge impact and there's so much opportunity to shape the future of technology to be deployed in a responsible equitable and inclusive way and i guess the other things that i would share is once you are in the industry just focus on meritocracy don't worry about being the only female or whatever that might be focus on meritocracy delivering results and making sure that you're in a nurturing environment where you know your gender, your race, none of that matters, but rather what you deliver is the most important thing. And I've been so blessed in my career to work for many companies that were just focused on meritocracy and what I was delivering. The other thing I'd say is that it's really important to have a personal board of directors, and this could be a combination of people you admire and respect and even you know peers that help guide your career and provide counsel along the way, because it does take a village to nurture and grow a career. And I've been so fortunate in my journey to have many you know, people on my board of directors that have guided me, including my parents and, you know, people that were further ahead in the industry, CEOs, etc. And the last point I'd say is make sure you have both a mentor and a sponsor. And the distinction here is important. A mentor provides guidance and perspective to you along your journey. And that is very valuable. But a sponsor is within your company and can actually speak about you when you are not in the room and at important tables because that will open up doors for you. And I've been very fortunate in my career to have sponsors along the journey, along the way that have opened up doors for me that have sat around important tables that have opened that door so that I could build my career and also build on the track record of performance that I've built over time.
1: I absolutely agree with you. And I also want to encourage all the women, all the girls out there watching this segment to get into the tech field and not to give up on achieving what they are thinking about or what they're hoping for. And Natasha, you know, now I may ask, what would you tell your younger self looking back?
0: It's such a a great question. I think about this often. So I'd probably share three things with my younger self. the first thing I would say is that I, I love this quote by Roosevelt, which is comparison is the thief of joy. And I really empathize with young people today because I, I remember growing up, you know, being your, at your stage and age. And, you know, there's a lot of things that come, come with that. And, you know, I think about social media and the impact for all of you on just this, this notion of comparison. And I just want you to remember that comparison is a thief of joy. Because if you compare yourself to people that have more than you, you may not feel adequate. And if you compare yourself to people that have less than you, then you know, you will develop an ego and neither are good. And it's better to just, you know, focus on your own personal development, see how you can be your best self. And that's the most important thing and not get distracted by the, or overwhelmed by social media, which I, I totally understand is, is a different, you know, aspect of your lives, but it's really important to to keep that in mind. The second thing I would tell myself is to have uh, self-compassion and to be practicing mindfulness more. I discovered mindfulness about uh, six years ago and it's been a game changer in my life and I shared earlier, you know, why that's important to go within, to seek guidance, to really develop mental clarity in this busy world that we live in. And also, I think that self-compassion is a really important aspect of growth and development. And I think sometimes we're so fixated on, you know, what radio station we're playing in our car or what we're playing on Spotify. But we forget that there's a soundtrack in our own mind where we're speaking to ourselves. And often that may not be from a place of self-compassion. And I truly believe that if we all want to serve and make a difference in the world, we have to have self-compassion because then by extension we can you know provide that compassion to others and then the last thing i would say is just be present and find moments of joy and i think this is especially important given what we're living through right now through the pandemic and you know i want to share a very small example here of you know i was i remember last summer i was sitting at my desk here And I heard my daughter just, you know, having the time of her life on this sunny afternoon in August, and I grabbed my cup of tea and I went outside and I just watched her running through the sprinkler with reckless abandon, you know, the sun was shining, the birds were chirping, the flowers were in full bloom, I had this beautiful cup of tea, and I literally forgot that we were in the middle of a pandemic. And I share this very small example with you because we all have moments of joy, and my Hope for all of you is that you think about creating more moments of joy and I often replay that moment of joy in my life because moments do get hard but it's so important to enjoy the moment and the journey so that's what I wish
1: Yeah I absolutely agree with that Natasha now at the end what would you like
0: for the youth of our jamaat to do right after watching this segment yeah. Yeah, so I have, you know, three thoughts for all of you. First, I'd love each of you to think about long term planning and developing out your life and career goals on a longer term horizon, whether that's in a vision board or a 10 to 15 year horizon. But I really want to encourage all of you to do that. And I want you to think big and bold. Again, we're all standing on the shoulders of giants. That's so that we can achieve amazing things in our lives. And I just want all of you to take a moment of pause to think long-term and big for for your own life. The second thing I want to encourage you to do is make connections and network. Even though we're in the middle of a pandemic, it still, there's still opportunity to virtually connect with people. And so I highly recommend that each of you reach out to two or three people that are more advanced in their career and grab a virtual coffee or tea and learn from them, get their advice, get their guidance on how to navigate your career. And then the last thing that I'd say is I'd like each of you to develop one or two skills through COVID. And there are many platforms that allow you to do this uh, and to get things like micro-credentials. And you can do that on Coursera. Masterclass is a great example. And also volunteering is an exceptional way to develop new skills. As Azima mentioned at the beginning, I've been volunteering in the community for 20 years. And that has been such a huge part of my life and career. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's been so rewarding to give back. And also I've developed so many skills that have made me a better leader and allowed me to contribute in different ways.
1: Thank you so much, Natasha. And I'm sure my first LinkedIn message is definitely going out to you. Thank you so much for sharing your ideas, your insights, talking about your experiences, I think we all learned quite a lot of things from you today. So thank you so much. And thank you to all the viewers who watched this segment. Stay tuned. There are going to be more episodes about careers of the future. Thank you so much. And that is it for now.
0: Thanks for listening to Careers of the Future. For more episodes of Careers of the Future, visit the.ismaylee.com or subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform.